Hello, everybody, and welcome to this GradCracker webinar. We have lots happening on GradCracker this week with over 7,000 placements, 8,000 graduate opportunities, and over 360 employers in sectors ranging from intellectual property to construction, aerospace, defense, the automotive industry, and much more. There is your dream opportunity waiting for you to apply to, so make sure you visit GradCracker daily and download the app to be kept in the loop. Today, our attention is on Aston Martin Formula One, and it is lovely to be joined again by, by Natasha and placement students Molly, Megan, Octavian, and Ellis. So Natasha, let's start with you. Please tell the audience about you and your role at Aston Martin Formula One. So hello, everybody. My name is Natasha, and I'm the head of recruitment and talent at Aston Martin Formula One team. Um, some of you may have um, seen me last year do do um, this wonderful yeah. webinar on Grad Crack with Grad Cracker. Um, I look after all of the recruitment across the whole team, excluding the driver, sadly. Um, but <laughs> it's very, very busy time for us. We've doubled in headcount from um, when I first started two years ago. So we've gone from about 400 to around 800 now, and that's across all areas of the business. So from engineering, aerodynamics, um, events, design, finance, IT, the whole the whole shebang, really. Yeah. And give give us an overview of the business then. So obviously everybody's heard of you, but what um, what's exciting? What's your future plans looking like? So um, it's a really exciting time to join. Obviously, we've had huge investment yeah. from Lawrence Stroll and we're in brand new a campus, which is out of this world. So we're in the first, we've got the first of three buildings. We're in the main building now where we're all moving into. The second building is... Um, <laughs> just being built now and it's going to be guest service space, gym, uh, restaurant. And then our third building is the um, state of the art wind tunnel. So we should all be finished by next September. We're going to have a running track, um, a, a garden where we're going to have bees. And so it's going to be a really amazing place. Um, yeah. Our culture is always evolving. Obviously we've been around for a long time yeah. when we were Jordan before Aston Martin. So we're doing lots of employee engagement surveys. We've got DEI groups. We have um, lots of sort of splinter groups off of that. So I think there's there's plenty for everybody. Sustainability um, clubs. So yeah, I would say that the culture is ever changing and in a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's so much in stores. So many exciting things happening in the future as well. Yeah. And um, so we're going to look back to you in a second, Natasha. But we're just going to speak to the placement students. First, um, and a bit more. Molly, just coming to you, could you just tell the students um, who are watching where you go to university and what you study? Hi, yeah, so I'm Molly and I study mechanical engineering at the Uni of Bath. Perfect, thank you very much, Molly. And Megan? Hi, everyone. My name is Megan and I'm studying aeronautical engineering at Imperial College London. Perfect, thank you, Megan. Octavian? Hi, uh, I'm Octavian. I uh, studied the Masters of uh, Flight Performance and Propulsion at uh, the Delft University of Technology in the Netherlands. Perfect. Thanks, Octavian. And Ellis? Hi, I'm Ellis. I'm studying Electrical and Electronic Engineering at the University of Strathclyde. Perfect. Thank you very much, everybody. So, Natasha, we are currently adding your opportunities as we speak to the GradCracker Hub. Yes, um, we so are. Tell so tell everybody um, what's on offer this year. So last year we had 18 vacancies. We've got over yeah. 35 this year. So we've doubled. I cannot believe that. That's mad. It, is such, it was such a success last year. Yeah. We had some amazing students in. Um, we've already offered some of those student grad placements for when they finish. So it's, yeah. it's really proved invaluable. And I hope all the students had an amazing time here this year. So this year round for our 2024 intake, we've got jobs across engine systems, R&D, um, strategic partnerships in the commercial team. We have got mm -hmm. aero performance. We have got performance development and simulation, race strategy, mechanical design, garage equipment design. So I could go on. So you will see all of our adverts individually um, advertised so that you can read about that area and think, oh, that's me. That's what I want to do. We've tried this year to take feedback from the students from last year because 
Formula One is very secretive, as you all know, and I don't think some of the areas were explained as well as they could be. So students were thinking, oh, is that me? You know, so we've tried to expand a little bit on the areas so that each student really can look at the advert and think, yes, that is what I've been studying. That's what I'm going to go for. Um, yeah. So they will, they've gone live today on our website, astonmartinf1.com, and they will will link that up with LinkedIn this afternoon before close of play. So you'll be able to um, apply for those roles. Perfect. Thanks, Natasha. And like I said, um, make sure you loop in the, um, the Grad Cracker Hub where the roles are going live yes. now. And um, so what what I'm going to do is going to um, hand over to Jessica and Jessica is going to speak to the students a little bit more about their journeys so far. Absolutely I'm excited so firstly I want to find out a bit more about your backgrounds and if you could tell us all a bit about yourself and why you decided to apply to Aston Martin in the first place. So Molly I'm going to come to you if that's okay she's top of my list and mm -hmm. um, why Aston Martin Formula One and tell us a bit about your background. Yeah, so I was always sort of more mathematical at school and enjoyed problem solving and logic tasks. So this then led me into the A-levels that I chose and then obviously studying engineering. Um, yeah. I also grew up watching F1. So then, you know, getting older and studying more and being able to understand like the science and technicalities behind the sport was just so exciting to me. And I just knew it was something that I wanted to pursue. Yeah. Um, and then I actually was lucky enough to do some work experience with Aston Martin after my first year of uni. And even then, I was actually there for two weeks. I was in mechanical design and R&D, and they literally got me involved in a real life project. I was able to design something that actually went on the car. And I was just, you know, to be able to be involved in something so high priority when I was actually just a student and only there for a couple of weeks was just so exciting. And I knew that I definitely wanted to go back because I knew even as a placement student, I would really be getting involved in real life work, which was just so exciting. And yeah, that is was literally the case. You know, you're treated like a proper employee rather than just like an intern or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so that was how I got into Aston Martin. And yeah, I loved it. Wow. So if you don't mind me asking Molly then, so from this short term experience that you already had with them, mm -hmm. did you get kind of fast tracked on to applying for the, your placement that you've just finished or was you had to, had to go through the application process as normal? Yeah, so I did sort of got get fast tracked, like I discussed with um, the head of R&D actually after working with them. Um, yeah. They were sort of like, would you be interested in the placement? And I was like, yeah, definitely. I absolutely loved it. Um, so I sort of stayed in contact with him. And then when the applications opened, um, I sort of still obviously sent my application through in my CV, cover letter, et cetera. Yeah. But then because they'd sort of met me and essentially rather than doing just like an interview, I'd sort of had like a week long with them. So they knew me and everything. And yeah, yeah then offered me the role based off of that, which was so kind of them. And yeah, really exciting. Brilliant. Natasha, to come to you quickly then, sorry to put you on the spot here if it's not something you normally do, but is offering these kind of short-term experiences something that is quite it's, common? It's Obviously, not actually, Molly, no. I, we, I get so many requests for short-term mm -hmm. summer placements and we just don't do them because it's so difficult to coordinate the manager's time um, mm -hmm. to fit in with the students' gaps in, you know, when, when they're on yeah. holiday. So, no, we don't do that very often. So, Molly was very, very lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well done, yeah. Molly. Right place, right time. So that, yeah. that's great. Great to hear about that. And um, Megan, I'm going to come to you next because um, I know you've got a bit of a slightly different background. Yeah, my interest in motorsport in Formula One actually came from my own driving. So I am also a racing driver as well as an engineer. And um, since I was 10 years old, I've always wanted to work in F1 one way or another. And um, as a little kid, it was always, I want to be a racing driver. I want to be an F1 driver. And then as I've kind of progressed up the racing ladder, reality has hit a bit in the, the level of talent and budget that you need to make it as an F1 driver is um, just a bit beyond uh, beyond my scope. And um, so I, uh, I decided that I wanted to make it to F1 in another way. And uh, that was through engineering. So I used to love working on my own car and on the cars that I'd be racing and uh, I'd go over to the shop that ran the car that I uh, that I drove and I'd help them out rebuild gearboxes on other cars help set up the cars for race weekends and uh, from there I just decided that engineering was for me so I applied for university 
for aeronautical engineering and um, I'm now at Imperial College London and once I was in university I sort of thought right how can I get experience in the workplace ideally in F1 but just in motorsport in general to best prepare me for a career beyond university so I applied to Aston Martin Formula One team for my placement year and I was super fortunate to get a job in the trackside support department where I am so close to the race engineering and the performance engineering side of the uh, side of the operations that I've realized that that's exactly what I uh, what I want to be doing with my career. Wow, that's so exciting, Megan. And I can imagine as well, you get this probably the same, I, I, I'm imagining you kind of get the same adrenaline just being so close to it all as maybe you would be a driver. Um, are you still driving then or not so much? I am still driving. You're still driving. Um, I'm yeah. the F1 Academy this year. So it's a, yeah, a nice link between racing alongside F1 in the F1 Academy and working for Aston Martin F1 it's uh it's been pretty fantastic to have both sides of that and you're absolutely right the adrenaline rush that you do get from good results like what Aston Martin F1 have been Mm. having this year with all the podiums that we've been getting the buzz is just second to none and uh whether you're a driver an engineer it's all one big team that that want to to see the fantastic results that we've been getting so it is such an adrenaline rush and so exciting to be a part of a team that's going well I'm so glad you said that, Megan, in terms of the, the team element, because I bet from being a driver, being that, you know, that side of it, you know, I can imagine, you know, you can't do your best if you haven't got that good team behind you. So it must be really nice now for it to kind of almost come full circle to get all those experiences to understand that the team element is, you know, one of the most important bits. Exactly. You've got the driver who wants the best out of the team to give them a car that performs well. And then yeah. you want the team having the best driver possible and a driver that's comfortable with the team environment, with the car that they're given, so that really everything goes full circle. And yeah. if everyone's performing at their best, then you'll be getting your best results. Yeah, love it. That's really, really good. Thanks, Megan. Octavian, going to come to you next. If that's a similar question, why Mercedes Formula One? Not Mercedes Formula One. Aston Martin. Can we edit this? Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't I'll cry. Oh. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, yeah, quickly. Well, <laughs> yes, Before uh, I cry. I got into, uh, I, I, I uh, went to the Netherlands from Romania. I'm born and raised in uh, Bucharest, Romania, but I went to study in the Netherlands, aerospace engineering because I was uh, really passionate about aircraft and cars and everything that's fast and has an engine. And uh, because aerospace engineering is, I found quite theoretical, uh, and I've always been a very, very practical guy, uh, Mm -hmm. I I, uh, went to Formula Student. I joined the Formula Student team here in Delft, and that that gave me an opportunity to you know, uh, see effectively my designs actually become become reality, which I've found very satisfying. And then as part of my uh, master's, I'm doing a master's in flight performance and uh, aerodynamics. And one way to uh, apply all the theoretical knowledge that, that the master contained uh, was this perfect opportunity of a, an F1 uh, aero internship and as a massive fan, I of course applied, and uh, yeah, was fortunate enough to get uh, accepted for uh, a placement spot in the aero department of Aston, which was uh, which was great. Uh, I've al- I've always wanted to to join Aston because uh, from from previous years they've always been a very uh, uh, how can I say uh, overperforming overperforming mm-hmm. team all, always. Uh, really showing creativity in uh, in the aero side of things, and I thought this is the the best place probably to learn. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, definitely. And Wilton Octavian, going to come to you next. Alice, next question, and um, similar one: Why Aston Martin follow one? Um, so I've been doing electronics since I was about thirteen, just as a hobby, um, and kind of watching motorsport growing up. I never really saw it as a career. Um, mm-hmm. something that was achievable to me at the time and yeah. I went to went to uni thinking I wanted to do 
satellites. But then mm, getting okay. to uni and finding formula student and, you know, car going fast is actually really, really interesting and a really interesting topic to study. Um, the formula student even kind of gave me the skills to do what I'm doing now. And then um, kind of just Aston Martin as a team. Um, I came down for a tour just before I started and they took me around the electronics workshop. They showed me sensors that you'd only really find in Formula One. And I knew at that point it was just, yes, this yeah. this is it. This team, I can see how much, you know, as a placement, you can get involved with pretty much anything. Nothing's really off limits at Aston. Um, yeah. Like anything you see, you can just say, hey, can I get involved with that? And all the time, the answer is just yes, sure. And it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it sounds it. And again, you all seem to have a very similar experience of how hands-on it is, you know, of how early, you know, early stages you get given that responsibility. Natasha, just come to you quickly, because I think, is it a coincidence, really, that everyone kind of had a previous interest in Formula One? Um, you know, because sometimes we've, we've spoke previous about over the years, mm. you don't necessarily have to be part of... Um, former student or anything like that to apply to Aston so yeah just wanted to kind of highlight that if that's okay I mean I would say no you don't need to know anything about Formula One um, because the the way we recruit these roles is really blind so mm. you'll right. apply for the for the jobs and I don't know we could receive between two and five thousand applicants and they will all be sent a test be sent a test via iMocker which is our um, testing tool so up until that point, we haven't even looked at your CV, your name, what university you go to, nothing. It's down to this test. Mm -hmm. So if you've applied for an engine systems job, you'll be sent a, a test related to that. If you've been set, applied for an aero job, you'll be sent a test that's relative to aero fundamentals. And then the tests will come in and the top scorers will then be called in to assessment centres or interviews. So we don't look at the CV till that point. At that point, we would look at interests, I guess. And I think it's that. I think if you've built a car with your granddad in the garage or you've go-karted on the weekend or you've um, written blogs about Formula One or you've been a racing driver, I think that sets you apart from other people mm -hmm. if you've been part of Formula Student, et cetera. But it doesn't... It doesn't um, discount anybody else because yeah, if your if your aero fundamentals are better than the next person you'll be considered as well so I think you've got yeah. to know your craft you've got to know about mm -hmm. the job you're going for you can't just tick yeah. tick 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 because I just don't yeah. think that would work 100% really really good point there great okay so going on to the next question so a bit about your roles and if you could tell us a bit about what you were doing and also a bit you know about the team day-to-day -day life so Molly I'm going to come back to you for this one if that's okay so I worked in the research and development department R&D um, so they are responsible for performing a variety of different tests on the car on sort of all different parts of the car um, so these tests could be whether or not the parts can withstand race conditions or whether or not the parts conform to FIA regulations. Um, so the role was really a mix between office-based design work and then actual practical hands-on testing. So yeah. personally, I really like that because, you know, um, in my first two years of uni, I didn't really do any practical stuff. And yeah, so right. this was definitely something that was lacking for me. But everyone was so nice, so helpful. And I really was able to develop these like actual practical skills. And as well, just it was nice to have a variety of different work and, you know, have a break from just being sat at a desk all day so yeah I really like that aspect of the role um, and I was also part of a smaller team that supported actually the mechanical design department so this was what exposed me to so many different parts of the car so like suspension parts brake system and um, so that was you know really interesting because I got to learn about so many different things um, and it also meant that communication was really key because we had to sort of liaise with the different departments and, you know, make sure that the results that we were getting was relevant to the designers and to help them design the parts. So, yeah, I really think it was a good role to expose you to lots of different things. And yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the the idea of doing a placement really is to, like I say, get that experience, get that confidence. So, confidence. so you know, you said that you wasn't that good at not as good but didn't have the experience in the practical side mm. how did you feel going into those situations and what did you do to 
you know, improve your skills? And what was the team like to support you to improve? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I was really like quite nervous because I was like going in there with no practical experience and it, I was a bit embarrassed to be honest. But oh. honestly, like my supervisors were so friendly and so nice and just every like everyone and the technicians as well, they sort of like give me their yeah. tools to use and eventually like, you know, quite quick as well like I became really comfortable with everything and you know would go and ask for things and ask people to help me and yeah everyone was just so supportive and you know like I really made friends with sort of such a variety of different people and yeah everyone was just so helpful and nice and yeah so it was easy in the long run you know looking back (laughs) in reflection it was easy to ask that help you had a fantastic team around you which is great and so in terms of the day-to-day stuff with the split um, did that did that mean that you were in different locations than when you were in the office to when you were doing the hands-on practical stuff? How did that work? Yeah, so R and D have sort of a big workshop, especially in the new factory. It's huge and okay. amazing. So yeah. so exciting. And um, so yeah, so I would sort of like split my time, and it also depends on what's going on. So if I had like a big test that week, then I'd spend most of my time down in the workshop, or sometimes it was a bit more quiet. And it also depends on like time in the season. And um, so the winter, for example, is really busy testing wise. Yeah, uh, yeah. But other periods of time, uh, it's more like design based stuff up in the office. But also if it if nothing was sort of high priority, if I was sort of sat at my desk and maybe just getting a bit agitated because I've just been sat doing the same thing for a really long time, I could just sort of like pick myself up and go, OK, right, I'm going to work on this for a bit now. Or yeah. if I was able to set up a test in the workshop and like leave it running and then go to my desk and do some practical stuff, that's how it worked. But yeah, I really like being able to sort of mix between mix the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really good. Really interesting as well. But again, I suppose that you can have that um, responsibility to be able to you know, have a test running, leave it, go back to your desk, yeah, you know, crack on with something else. Again, it's interesting that you are given that much responsibility. That's really, really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much, Molly. Megan, going to come to you next. So, yeah, if you could tell us a bit more about your role, your experiences, and, and what the team was like that you were working with. So, my placement was with the, the trackside support department, which was fantastic. Because, as I said before, it's working so closely with race engineers, performance engineers, and yeah. departments across the whole car. So, our job as a department is to help to optimize the setup of the race car, both before race weekends and okay. during the race weekend. And also to analyze the data that we get pre-event, post-event and during the event. So that meant that I was able to work both in the factory, in the design office for a sort of day job and on the weekends, on race weekends, working in mission control. So uh, getting to be really involved in the operation of the car, the setup, and uh, the analysis of of what's going on on track, things such as corner characterization, creating setups to forecast what we're looking at next year and for seasons beyond to try and uh, help the development departments uh, get things going for uh, the next year's car. There's been uh, lots of different projects I've gotten to get involved with and I get to work with the whole car, which is fantastic. I get to speak with strategists, race engineers, performance engineers, but also aero performance engineers. Um, You get to spend a lot of time with some of the uh, power unit, um, power unit team. You you really get to to learn from all sorts of different departments that that are involved in the car. So you get the the full view of, of everything. Megan, set the scene for us. So what would say, a Saturday Sunday look like for you guys and you know you know where were you sitting you know what was it like I can almost imagine it being like a NASA kind of you know rocket launch you set the scene for us what was it like it is exactly like that it's sort of the NASA kind of rows of desks with that engineers <laughs> different departments sat next to each other big screens at the front of the room mm. with the uh, onboard cameras and all the sort of race data and live timing. There's all all of that stuff that that's going on. But in the end, you're all quite focused in with uh, your intercom system. So you've got your headset on and your data that you're looking at. And um, it's all one big communication loop. So you're mm-hmm. connected to the circuit as well. 
as the uh, as the people in mission control. So you are constantly, you know, hearing in both ears different sides of the garage, um, yeah. what what the drivers are saying, what the race engineers are saying. You've got all this information coming at you, and uh, the main job is picking apart what you need to see because with as much data and as much communication as there is in Formula One it becomes quite difficult to know, right, what's important in this moment. So it's been really cool to learn from uh, some amazing engineers mm-hmm. how to focus in on the big picture and on what counts at that time. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, it must be such an amazing experience to work with, you know, like the best minds. Um, in terms of, you know, going back to, you know, like a typical weekend then for you in these situations, are you almost given one brief and you've got to look after this one sole part or have you you know the data that you're looking at is it just across everything how you know what is your responsibility on those days so you have access to all the information and it does vary quite a bit weekend to weekend sometimes you'll have you know you have your set tasks that you look through every race weekend so the certain jobs that I've had throughout the uh the events are kind of my my main tick boxes but then sometimes you'll see something on a different channel we have lots of data tools that we use not just sort of the uh the typical f1 wide ones but also some in-house stuff that we uh that we make ourselves and use ourselves and so you've got lots of different information lots of ways of looking at things and sometimes you'll pick something up that you know maybe wasn't in your typical list of jobs that you were that you were running through and keeping an eye on through the race <laughs> and uh as you know an engineer in mission control you then report that to whoever needs to be told whether it's someone at the track or whether it's the uh the head of track side support and then you uh you go from there and it's all about everyone coming together and doing their jobs but also picking up the things that someone might someone else might not see to try and make the car go as quick as it possibly can. Yeah, perfect. Oh, I'd love to be a fly in the on the wall. <laughs> I'd love to watch, yeah. Um, but it's so exciting. So, yeah, thank you very much for that, Megan. Octavia, I'm going to come to you. Similar kind of question. What was life like for you? Yep. So uh, I was part of the aerodynamics department. Uh, the aer- aerodynamics department designs essentially uh, all the, the, the shapes of the car, everything that touches the air. Uh, from the wings, the bodywork, uh, the floor, uh, everything that means also keeping the car uh, cool and functional, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Cooling the engine, cooling the brakes, uh, everything like that. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work on the design of the floor, which uh, in this set of regulations is uh, famously quite uh, a, a point of, of great potential performance let's say and a, a big differentiator between the teams okay. uh so I, I was i was lucky to i think work on the sort of juiciest uh, <laughs> portion of the car currently um yeah uh, the the job involves essentially uh drawing new shapes uh analyzing them with the uh, computer analysis first and then uh, wind tunnel tests and if something performs well, it goes to the car and hopefully makes it faster. That, where'd you start with that? That's so exciting. <laughs> so in terms of, you say drawing shapes, I know I've got Natasha watching on my shoulder that I can't ask too many naughty questions and get too much gossip. But in terms of, um, I suppose, trying to not ask the same question again in terms of the experience and the responsibility that you were given, you know, so early. You know, you're saying that this is like a really important part of the car. You know, like I said, it's where a lot of change is happening at the moment. You know, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility. Were you expecting that so early on? And, Uh, you know, to be able to just draw a shape, chuck it into testing and see what happens? To be be completely honest, uh, no. But you do... (laughs) You do, I I'd say, you get uh, thrown quite quickly in the in the deep end. But mm-hmm. in my humble experience, that's the best way to learn and the, the the coolest as well. So uh, there is a steep learning experience uh, in the beginning, learning curve, right? Uh, yeah. With with all the processes and the tools of the of the company, but also getting to to understand where the team uh, is. Uh, with the current design, right, and what needs to be improved, uh, 
but then you pick up from that from that point and they do uh, they do let you once once you once you become comfortable with the tools and everything they really let me uh, try new things try new ideas and uh, if they perform uh, that that that's great so uh, so in terms of yeah. time scales then um you know when, when you are working on say this particular project do, have you got time it's like deadlines what you have to meet you know are you making changes for almost like next week's race or are you looking at long term for this particular project you know there's always a uh, there's always time pressure there's there's mm -hmm. always uh, we have to put on performance as fast as possible on the car absolutely yeah uh, but there are no uh, specific deadlines in the sort of uh, academic sense. Oh, you have to have this done by Friday. Uh, it's just as quickly as possible, which oftentimes yeah. means working under more pressure than you would with a uh, with a very uh, well set deadline. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's also it's also very free in the sense that uh, when you get a a sort of uh, idea. Uh, a jolt of creativity you can try it then and there right oh, uh, you don't have to wait for a uh, different phase of design to begin or anything i found that really enjoyable i bet i can imagine especially you know with an engineering mindset to be able to get your hands on it straight away and put it into production in Very terms of um you know again turnaround time did it surprise you how quickly you can get things turned around at aston was it like i can imagine nothing you've ever seen before Yes, yes, it, it, it absolutely has uh, being used to, you know, uh, the the sort of aeronautical aerospace timelines being uh, yeah. projects that take decades and some some aerodynamicists may never see their airplane fly or mm -hmm. uh, get out of testing, right? Uh, this is boiled down, the, the whole engineering process is boiled down to a timescale of uh, days or weeks, right? You, yeah. you design something, you test it, and then you see it on the car extremely extremely soon and th that is a great source of satisfaction i have to say imagine again you're going back to that megan not that point it's almost another fact of like um the, that adrenaline as well Do you mm. know what i mean you've all got that pressure that time it's all pulling together it must be so excited and um, so ellis i'm going to come to you next similar kind of question tell us a bit about your role and the team that you were working so I was in the electronics department for the whole of my placement. And okay. in that department, you kind of li liaise with like R&D, guard recruitment, control systems um, about everything. So okay. sometimes a, a project would come along, just get put down in front of me and it's just a case of make it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that could mean anywhere from uh, going out and finding the data that you need, talking to who you need that data from, um, and then everything from uh, hardware design, software design, um, kind of a, a turnkey solution of like, you know, I, I need to design some electronics. It needs to go in a box and it needs to have software to interface with it. Um, so it's kind of a very multifaceted role um, mm -hmm. and getting to work with every, well, not every um, department, but quite a few of them was amazing. Um, and uh, kind of working very closely with systems and control engineers as well. Um, getting quite a bit of insight into what they do um, was absolutely amazing. Did you find the same kind of maybe pressures as, as Octavian as well in terms, you know, when you're designing things, you're gonna have, you know, different pressures within this industry to maybe what you would have been used to at university. Cause you know, looking at all the different industries, you know, within engineering, whether it be the aerospace sector, you know, whatever it be, but you know, your pressures, you know, in the motorsport sector, you need you need to make it as light, as quick, and everything as possible. Um, did you find that pressure? Did you feel that? Did you learn anything new from that? Yeah. Um, so most of the time, I would have one or two kind of larger scale projects on the back burner, um, okay. that would just kind of carry on for like uh, like two or three weeks at a time, um, and then. You know, every week there'd be a project that would get put down in front of me, and it's just we need it tomorrow. I'm like, okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> and you're just kind of, um, you're looking at you know the tools that you have in terms of hardware and software, and it's how can I do this as fast as possible, as reliably yeah. as possible, as um, efficiently as possible, um, as it is kind of uh, still very much 
performance related at the end of the day. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, again, another set of skills to have, isn't it? You know, being able to compose yourself, take on the challenge, take on responsibility, be able to live delivering time frame. And you obviously felt as though you had the team to support you then, Ellis, around you. And what was Definitely. that like? What was your team like? Um, so electronics is made up of uh, mechanical designers and electronics designers and harness designers for all the wire that goes in the car. Um, mm -hmm. So having all of that just within arm's reach pretty much. Um, I remember sitting down on my first day and they're like, here's your desk. And I was sat down right in the middle of the department. I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had uh, a harness designer um, back into the left of me, three mechanical designers across from me was a systems engineer. And it was great to just kind of sit down, like, you know, doing mechanical design and getting to ask questions about that. Um, mm -hmm. Electronics, um, I had another guy to my left to ask questions to for that. And it was absolutely amazing to be surrounded by people that know exactly what they're doing and mm -hmm. um, can just answer just about any question that you ever have. Yeah, wow. And I can show you can mirror, mirror what Molly said, that you felt comfortable enough to put your hands up and say, I'm not sure about this. I need help with that. Definitely. Um, <laughs> any question about anything in the world? <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's absolutely fantastic. So next, I'm going to delve into a bit more about your projects. And uh, Molly, I'm going to come to you again first, if that's okay. So if you could tell me a bit about the projects that you were involved in asking the person. Yeah, so like I said before, with R&D, we were involved in just such a range of different projects. Um, one that I was sort of quite responsible for was so there are these thermal cameras on the car um, that point at the front and the rear tires. And these sort of gain a um, temperature reading for the tires. So during the race, you know, this is obviously very important to know because it influences the grip and the degradation level of the tires. Mm -hmm. So throughout the season, I was responsible for calibrating them and checking that they were pointing you know, in the correct position so that when we ride the car at different ride heights or, you know, for extreme steering cases, they're still pointing at the tyre, obviously. Um, so this was quite a big responsibility because they had to be ready for quite quick deadlines sometimes in back-to-back -back races. And, you yeah. know, they weren't, like, super um, sustainable. So often they'd break or if um, it was, like, a, a wet weekend, they'd sort of drown and wouldn't work anymore. So, yeah, that was quite exciting. And that was something that, um, I sort of did throughout the whole year so it was quite a nice thing that I always had like in the background going on um, and yeah that was again quite practical hands-on stuff that I did um, and then I was also responsible for designing fixturing for the FIA testing of the rear wings so during the season the team uses obviously lots of different rear wing designs um, depending on the level of downforce desired for each um, track so again, this was really key to stay on top of like time deadlines because the wings obviously needed to be tested well in advance um, so that they could be sent off to the race. Um, so yeah, that was quite exciting. And again, just felt quite responsible and involved mm -hmm. for lots of different things and I had to just stay on top of when designs were released and yeah, and just stay on top of it all really. Um, and then another one was a design fixturing for a, kinematics and compliance test which was actually for the vehicle dynamics department so again all of these things it was just good because they're all for different departments so I got to meet loads of different people and work for different people which was really interesting um, and this test specifically was actually held as a, at a external facility and I was sent as the R&D representative and again I just felt huge responsibility to be the only one from the department who went and I basically was there to ensure that I, like all of my parts that I designed were set up correctly and help instruct the mechanics with any questions that they had about the parts um, and just help set up and ensure that it went smoothly and then I also got to watch the test and it was good because I got to the vehicle dynamics guys sort of explained to me what was actually going on so I got to see it all in action and yeah understand a sort of different side of the engineering which was really exciting that is super exciting do you watch it now you know when it's on the telly you know you're in the news everything that's going on race weekend when you're watching it do you feel part of it still 
I mean, you feel like, yeah. oh, I feel like that's my own cat. <laughs> yeah, massively, massively. I'm literally, I'm so annoying. I say to all of my friends, like, whenever it's on the telly, I'm like, okay, yeah, you see that bit there? Yeah. I did that. this to test that. Yeah. And like, I held that in my hand. And everyone's like, okay, Molly, we get that. it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I literally, I, yeah, I feel, and that is the amazing thing about Aston Martin as well, is even though it's such a big and up-and-coming team, like, it, you know, it started off, you know, small and, um. I just it, you've still got that sort of community mm. feeling because you've got you know people working there who have been there since like the Jordan days and mm. yeah it's just really really nice and everyone feels super involved and yeah it is really exciting watching it on the telly and really you know, seeing it in real life and being able to understand actually what goes on behind the scenes and it's so much stuff that people don't realize and yeah it's very special. And the thing is, as well, Molly, you've got that experience now. I know we're going to come to your future in, you know, next. And I don't want to ask the question before, but, you know, you must feel like now that it's really concreted some ideas on where you want to take your career now when, you know, you're having these experiences. You've, you know, you've got all the kind of soft skills as well that you've learned. You know, you've said about time pressures, you know, meeting new clients, speaking to people, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. It must really concrete the fact of what you want to do next in your career. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, even if I, I I honestly think the placement just, I've learned so many different skills that even if I was to work in something completely unrelated to engineering, yeah. I, you know, I know so much about communication and like Absolutely. speaking to people over the phone, like simple things like that and just, you know, liaising and managing your time and organisational skills. And I just think, yeah, just doing any kind of work experience um, just really concretes that and just prepares you for anything. And do you find as well being back at university now, you're already seeing those skills come into play? Yeah, massively. I think as well, sort of the routine of doing a, I mean, it's not actually a nine to five, but a nine to five set day. Mm. Um, and as well, I mean, I don't know about everyone else, but you're, it's not really a work from home kind of thing. You actually have to go in and work. So I think that has really helped me with my time management. And now I'll sort mm. of go into uni day to day and actually just work a nine to five. And then it's nice because you have your evenings to actually chill and your weekends to do mm. what you want. Because I think that's something about uni, like work can be so all over the place, especially when you've got mm. coursework and stuff going on. But yeah, doing a placement, I feel much more sort of organised with my time and everything now. Yeah, yeah. hugely beneficial. Brilliant. Thanks, Molly. May I'm going to come to you, um, projects, if you could tell us a bit about the projects that you were involved in on your placement, please. Yeah, so in the trackside support department, because we're working with and involved with so many departments, there's so many ad hoc things that come up. So through the year, day by day, I'd be working on different things that a week previous, I might not have been expecting to work on. And there's lots of little jobs as well as big projects that come up because of the nature of the department, which is really cool because it allows you to be involved in everything as opposed to having a little bubble that you focus in on. But some of the bigger projects that I worked on through the year, um, that were sort of within our department as well as working with other departments was um, a lot of correlation work. So pre-event and post-event to yeah. try and make sure that what we see in our simulations and in our pre-event predictions is comparable with what's actually happening on the car. Because if you have an offset between the two, then suddenly a lot of the predictions and the setup decisions that you make based on those predictions pre-event might not actually relate to what's actually happening on circuit. So there is yeah. a lot of uh, correlation work that I was very involved in trying to make sure that everything lined up so that our setups and our data all made sense to what we thought pre-event. As well as that, I've been involved in some forecasting for future years to try and help the uh, development of future cars. So that's helping provide some data to um, aero performance, for example, and development groups to, uh, to help them figure out targets for what they need for future uh, future designs. Um, as well as that, I had sort of my list of things that I'd go through pre-event and during an event. So in mission control, I was uh, very heavily involved in setup reporting, in analysis for things like ride heights. So that was something that I quite focused in on. Um, okay when I was in mission control. 
and uh, you just have so much data coming towards you that you'd be uh, you'd be looking at things like driver feedback, like tire tire wear, and the way the drivers are using the tires in a session. Um, there's so much that you can look at. So it was a fantastic placement to be able to not just focus in, like I say, on a little bubble, but branch out and see everything that's happening with the car, with all the data that you have access to. Megan, at any point did it get a bit overwhelming on those days, having all that data, thinking, where do I look? Where do I start? What should I be doing? Or did you feel as though, you know, you had enough responsibility that you could do your job, but your hand was holding enough that, if you were a bit like, I'm not sure what I'm doing, you had that um, network. There's definitely, there's so much to look at that mm. I always say, you never run out of things to do. You can mm. always find something else to work on. There is so much going on. It's an F1 car. The technology behind it is just second to none. So mm. you've, you've got so much that you can look at, so much that you can be doing. Um, I had a great group of people that I was working with. All of my colleagues were absolutely fantastic. And um, if ever I had any questions, needed any help with anything, they were always there and always able to uh, to provide some support to, to help me do the things that I needed to get done. But at the same time, I always felt challenged and pushed to, to keep going and to, uh, to learn new things and get involved in loads of different jobs so never did I feel bored but I always felt very very supported and I always felt as though if I ever needed any help it was always there and Megan not to put you in a situation don't tell me the detail but did you ever find you know something in the data did you ever get that experience maybe that needle in the haystack moment and you're like oh I've got an idea or I found something did you ever have that and what did it feel like can't tell you too much about what no, they don't tell do. too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you get those moments a lot where, where you're looking through data and then you see something that, you know, stands out a bit or you're looking through something and you have an idea of how better you could visualize that data or other ways of being able to see what you need to see and get the information that you need to get and that all the engineers need to be able to see. So there was definitely lots of projects where I'd be involved in helping to add new tools to all of our data visualization and things like that, that, um, you know, help in the future as well as in the moment to be able to, to pick up on things that might be happening with the car. Yeah, definitely. And Megan, for you thinking about a bit about the future, and again, I'm going to ask you, but, um, you know, those, those kind of transferable skills that you've, you've, you've learned you know being at Aston Martin sounds immense because a lot of this experience you could apply to you know other industries and things like that in the future and also as you go back to you know university are you finding the same as what Molly is uh, in terms of you know being back now at university and apply those skills? Absolutely I've found that this placement has been so beneficial not just for me to learn how to work in F1 but how to work in general. Um, yeah. I find that in university, you learn how to study and you learn a lot about how to procrastinate and how to wait till <laughs> the last minute to, yeah. to get things done. Whereas in F1, um, like we were saying a bit earlier, there's, there's deadlines that, mm. that you have to uh, to meet. And sometimes those deadlines aren't, as Octavian was saying, hard deadlines, but you just have to get things done as quick as you possibly can. And you always have more that you can do once you get something done. So I learned a lot about time management, a lot about how to how to work with a team and how to be a member of a team, not just to be doing my own thing in the corner, but to get involved with everyone. And the atmosphere at Aston Martin F1 has been absolutely fantastic for that. It feels like a second home, like a family team. Oh, wow. So yeah. uh, it, it's been fantastic to work with some people who are so like-minded and who teach you all of these soft skills as well as how to do the job that you're actually doing at the time. Yeah, it's just incredible. And Megan, I'm sure that you'll probably stay in contact with these people that you've been working with, you know, it's a network and, you know, a group that you'll definitely have to imagine you'll stay in contact with. And um, I'm going to come to you, Octavia. I'm going to, unless there's a particular project you would like to touch upon, I'm just conscious. Certainly, uh, security ready as well. Yeah. I don't think uh, my my old colleagues at Aston would appreciate me uh, sharing too much. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So we'll jump into your future. 
So looking back on your experience with Aston Martin Formula One, where do you think your future is going to take you? Well, uh, for now, my, my immediate future is I'm working on my uh, final master thesis, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, one year long, essentially. So mm -hmm. by uh, July, August 2024, I should be done with my uh, thesis. But okay. after that, uh, who knows? Um, I am very open to working again in, uh, in Formula One. I love the, uh, the environment mm -hmm. and got a lot of satisfaction out of it. And yeah. yeah, I'm I'm strongly considering a, a career in F1, but there's also uh, the opportunity of working in almost any other uh, engineering field because I I, I do think F1 is uh, quite a good thing to have in your CV. It shows mm -hmm. that you've got very good problem-solving skills and time That's management good. skills, and you're probably a decent all-round engineer. Uh, regardless of what role you you had in uh, in F one, so yeah, yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? <laughs> um, Ellis, I'm going to come to you for the last question, if that's okay. And anyone else can add to this. Um, but moving away, kind of from the day job, um, what else did Aston Martin Formula One have on offer um, in terms of activities, stuff that you could get involved in? Now, Natasha, when you did your introduction, you mentioned so many exciting things, so different groups and things like that. But Ellis, what was your experiences, and um, what can you add to that? Uh, so they have quite a lot of outside activities. Um... I know that uh, the football team had a had a matchup against uh, another team. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Won't mention who um, in which they won. It was great to see that um, online and on the website and everything. Because um, oh, cool. quite a few guys from the electronics department were doing that as well. It was great to just see them having fun and uh, winning essentially. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that there's also like hiking and other things as well. Um, okay. There's a lot to get involved with them um, from anyone from like any other department. That's really good. And I don't know if anyone wants to add to that. Was anyone else part of a team or a group or any extracurricular activities you got involved in? Uh, multiple karting outings were. Uh, oh, of course. Those. <laughs> so everyone's competitive side come up. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I can imagine. No, that all sounds fantastic. I think even Mike, Mike Crack, I think has even been a part of those as well. Wow, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> They're very competitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Callum, we're going to come to you next, I think. We're going to find out a bit more yes. about the recruitment process. Yes, thank you very much, Jessica. Thank you very much, everybody else. So I, I do have a live jobs feed into Grad Cracker HQ and the rules haven't gone live yet, but we are... Um, monitoring the situation and as soon as they are live and um, they will be live on grad cracker so it's worth following aston martin now to then get an alert and um, when they do go live and um, but watch this space they'll be live on the grad cracker hub first natasha let's hear about the recruitment process i know you touched on it earlier on and um, but tell us about the recruitment process and also any hints and tips that you want to give our stem students so the recruitment process is it will go live the adverts will go live today yeah. and they'll be on an individual basis and they'll be live for three weeks yeah on linkedin and our website and on brad cracker go go on to brad cracker and click through um, after that three-week point, you'll be sent a test rel related to the job that you're going for, and you'll have a week to do that test, and it's video proctored, so it's, you need to be really, um, really focused in that mm -hmm. time that it takes you to do it, I would say, you know, because we can see where you're looking, you know, you've got to be mm -hmm. making sure that you're focused on the screen, um, and then the results of those will be, will be collated the week after that. Yeah. And then, as I said, you'll be called in to either have an assessment centre or an interview. And yeah. it's really up to the managers which way they would like to do it. I know the Aero team will do assessment centres here at Silverstone. But if you lived in another country, they will do it on teams. Yeah. We welcome people from all over the world. We arrange visas. Visas are, we, we pay the, the students visas. They don't have to fork out for that themselves. So I think that's a brilliant thing to add. Uh, there are no... Um, no barriers to entry mm -hmm. um hints and tips i always say the same thing in this but i would 
always make sure that you get your CV checked by someone who's really good at grammar and spelling and um, just make sure that you've got all of your extracurricular bits and bobs that you do that's relating to Formula One. If you do, if you're part of Formula Student, if you are doing things outside that you think are relating. The number one thing is make sure that your CV is relative to the job that you're going for. Okay, yeah. so if you're if you're doing an, an aerodynamics um, part of your degree and you're going for the aerodynamics role, then bring that out in your CV in whatever way you can. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Show your passions as well, I think, is another thing, Natasha, that we always yeah. say, you know, be, be, your, be your true self and show what you yeah. are. Yeah, and I think interests. I really do. And I think that when you come to your interview, that is your moment, okay? We're not expecting you to be the life and soul of the party. We're expecting you to know what, what the job you're going for is all about and yeah. how close to that job description you are. That's it. So it's all about your skills. It's not about your personality. It's about your skills to do that job. And I think people worry about interviews. Oh, my God, what if I'm not outgoing? That None of that matters. It's just about... The, the relationship to the job that you're going for so I'd say that was a really really important part to remember yeah and it's quite a quick turnaround as well isn't it with regards to the students applying yeah you, know, you sending the tests and everything else it's really quick and I think I yeah. think I wrote down by the uh, 13th of November offers will be out okay so yeah. we're going to oh, get wow. this wrapped up really really fast um yeah <laughs> if I remember last year we had about two and a half thousand applications so we're expecting that and more this year so everybody has an opportunity and these guys here are living proof of that yeah absolutely this is this is recorded Natasha you have to stick to that now that day is <laughs> um, so what what other key benefits that would you say um are available to students at Aston Martin I know the, the students have mentioned multiple benefits and um, like soft skills and everything else but from your point of view, what would you suggest um, are the key parts of, of the, the placements? So the placements are, as are most of you have said, are treated exactly like permanent members of staff. They yeah. are part of our benefits programme. So the usual, the Booper, the, you know, the beautiful campus that we work in, the subsidised yeah. restaurant that does great food and homemade cakes and et cetera, et cetera. I think rumour has it we're getting a juice bar. You know, we've got a mm. running track being put up that's the shape mm. of Silverstone track and it's exactly 0.5 kilometres. Mm. So you can calculate yeah. how far you're running. Yeah. Um, so the, the campus, when people are coming here that used to come to our factory before, they're like, a gog because it is oh, so yeah. different when you walk through the front of the door so and and it's for me it's about the family feel and I think yeah. Molly mentioned this I think Megan may have as well that it's small enough still to know everybody and mm -hmm. for people to know who you are and what you do and there is absolutely no problem in reaching out to somebody to say can you help can I come and sit yeah. in your team and see it's it's I think that I wasn't expecting that in a Formula One team. I thought it would be quite stuffy and quite mm -hmm. um, snooty, and it isn't at all. I think everybody is there for the same goal. Everybody, you know, when we're doing well on track, we're all elated, and when we're not, we're really sad, you know, and we're doing what yeah. we can to push forward. And it's not always going to work out the way we want it, but I think we are a team, and that's that's kind of the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that came across in the webinar we did last year as well. It's that real family feeling. Yeah, um, apparently really the food, and the food is amazing. That's yeah, all I hear is. about. Yeah. <laughs> you might put on half a stone if you come here. But... <laughs> Wait, oh, well, you can, you can run around the track after us. Exactly. <laughs> Life's all about balance, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's why you're building it. Um, so to finish off the webinar, what we're going to do is loop around the placement students again, just to ask about one top fact about Aston Martin. Formula One to seal the deal when students are applying. And Molly, I'm going to come back to you and ask about your top fact, please. Um, this isn't really a fun fact, but it's just something fun that you get to do when you work here is whenever there's racing going on. Uh, so like on a Friday for free practice, everyone watches it on their sort of monitors or there's lots of big TVs in the new factory now. Um, so, you know, there's such a good atmosphere, everyone watching. And then we also get access to sort of like the um, cameras in the garage so you can see what's happening wow. behind the scenes with the mechanics yeah. too. And that's really cool. Yeah, everybody's included out there. I know this is something yeah, that we yeah. mentioned before, Natasha, really you know, from the recruitment team, the HR team, to engineers, everybody's in the, yeah. in the loop with what's going on. Um, but I like that, Molly. Thank you very much. <laughs> Megan, what's yours? 
Um, just touching on what Natasha said earlier, the new campus is fantastic. Three new yeah. buildings, the running track, all this amazing stuff that's that's happening. The team is growing and it is so nice to see when I started my placement, sort of 600 odd people and the number of new people that have been coming in uh, since uh, the start of last year into uh, into this year. It's um. It's amazing to be part of a team that is growing as much as it is. So yeah. it means there's loads of opportunities to mm -hmm. get involved in the team and then within the team to get involved in so many different things that are happening. So I think it is a fantastic opportunity to be a part of a growing organization. Yeah. And, you know, having real impact on that as well. And um, Octavian, tell us about your top fact. Uh, well, uh, the campus, uh, the Aston Martin campus is, I'd say, about 100 to 100 meters away from uh, uh, the, f the closest corner on uh, the Silverstone track, right? The, yeah. the, the actual GP track. So yeah. every time there's uh, some car running, testing, some kind of event, you can hear it and you can usually go watch it, which is oh, wow. absolutely great for any motorsports fan. Yeah, brilliant. I didn't realize you were that close. And... Um, Ellis? Uh, quite often when the for, uh, the Aston Martin cars are testing at Silverstone, sometimes you can go along and see it as well. They have like a kind of rota to switch people in and out, so you can go out and see it go around the track, and that's absolutely amazing to, to see at the start of the year. Yeah, absolutely, something that you're a part of. Perfect. Well, everybody, thank you very, very, very much thank for joining you. us today. Um, like I've just mentioned about um, following Aston Martin Formula 1, make sure you do that immediately after this webinar. Um, and also make sure that you do mention to Natasha that you've, you've watched this Grad Cracker webinar as well. You know, she really wants to hear that you've done, you know, you've extra research, watched this, been part of the, the students and what they've been up to so far. Um, join me and Jess on Thursday when we're joined by Petrochemical Company Ineos and the, the hiring manager there, Caroline, and the grads, James, Abby and Nina. Um, but for today, thank you very much everybody for joining us on this webinar and we shall see you all again soon. Thanks everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.